0: Are you happy with your antiperspirant? And if you're already using a natural deodorant, are you happy with it? Rain Organica is now accepting pre-orders for our SANS vegan all natural deodorant. What makes SANS different from all the other deodorants out there? Well, it doesn't use baking soda and it doesn't use magnesium hydroxide. Oftentimes companies rely on these products or excuse me, on these ingredients for as part of the way that the deodorant protects you from odors, both baking soda and those hydroxide ingredients, raise the pH under your arms. And the problem is that for those of us who are extremely sensitive, we can't tolerate, either those hydroxide ingredients or the baking soda ingredients. And that's where SANS comes in. SANS doesn't use any ingredients that alter the pH under your arm. Instead, it relies on three techniques to protect you from odors. And those are using wetness-absorbing ingredients, such as organic arrowroot powder and organic tapioca starch. Also using antimicrobial botanical oils. Rain Organica likes to avoid coconut oil just for anybody out there with coconut allergies. So instead you'll find argan oil and olive oil. Of course, both of those are organic. They're also naturally antimicrobial. And the third way that sands helps helps keep those odors at bay is by using essential oils and for the deodorant especially you'll find blends of antimicrobial essential oils right now you can pick up lavender and this is made with organic bulgarian lavender a very true to smell lavender. Oftentimes lavender essential oils can be a bit medicinal and this one is not. It's, it's sways much more towards that pure lavender smell. And the second option is a seasonal dirty chai, essential oil blend with organic coriander, cypress, litsea cubeba and copaiba balsam to impart the antimicrobial properties into this essential oil blend. And of course, with it being dirty chai, sweet marjoram, cardamom, and coffee absolute add the final touches to this robust blend. Pre-order your sans vegan deodorant today over at rainorganica.com. Pre-orders are accepted through October 13th And we'll begin shipping October 20th. And now let's get into today's episode. In 2014, Sarah Lopes founded the Safari Collective with the goal in mind to feel more connected to each little detail of our everyday, even the mundane. The Safari Collective is a modern mercantile located in the heart of the quaint New England town of New Milford. It's a shop of ethically made home goods, Clothing, jewelry, apothecary, paper goods, artisan foods, baby items, and more, curated with the intention of finding joy in the daily small rituals that make up our lives. Sarah strives to create a place of conscious consumerism, providing sustainably made goods that promote appreciation for life's little moments, mindfulness in the products we buy, and curiosity for where they come from. If you're not local to New England, you can still shop The Safari Collective online at www.theSafariCollective.com. And now let's get into today's episode with Sarah. Welcome to The Alchemy of Things, a podcast diving deep into topics like skincare, holistic living, and the energy that connects us all. I'm your host, Brandi Searcy, founder and formulator of Rain Organica, where you'll find skincare you can take with you anywhere. Today, I'd like to welcome Sarah Lopes, the founder of the Safari Collective in New Milford, Connecticut, to the show. Sarah, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, Brandy. I appreciate it.
0: You decided to start the Safari Collective a few years ago. I mean, you've been in business quite a while at this point. Would you share your story behind starting that store?
1: Yeah, I would would be honored. Um, The years have flown by. (laughs) Um, It's been almost let's see, seven, almost seven years since I started the Safari Collective as an online shop only. Um, and it, it came about in kind of an interesting way. Um, it's kind of a story that is, you know, um, not one that you hear every day, but I was seven years ago, I was in a time where I was, um, Fairly new in my career, kind of fresh out of college a few years before, and um, I was blogging and just kind of trying to find my way in the world a little bit. And um, I had just kind of a lifestyle blog back when blogs were a little bit, you know, bigger of a a thing. Um, And through that, I met a lot of people online um, who were using their creative talents to create beautiful things. Um, and trying to run small businesses out of their living room or their kitchen as they raise their children. Um, and I thought it was really, really neat. So I, um, this was kind of back when Etsy was maybe just first starting out, or it was new. Um, and so I decided to start a store where I had their creations all in one place where people could see them. Um, and so, I started the store with maybe 10 to 15 products and um, it grew from there. And about two and a half years, or it was about a year and a half after I started the online store, uh, we opened up a brick and mortar physical storefront in the town I live in, in Connecticut. Um, and we have been, we've had our storefront now for over five years. Um, And the shop has evolved a lot. It's changed a lot. We've brought in new products, um, new makers. We're always on the hunt for cool people doing cool things um, and trying to bring their creations and their products to uh, the eyes of our customers. So that's kind of a quick backstory of it. Um, Everything that we carry is, for the most part, What's really important to us is that it's ethically made and as sustainably made as possible. Um, and we're, we're not perfect. We, you know, we there's been times when maybe the, maybe the product that we've chosen isn't the best one, but um, we, we do try to bring in products that are um, made by small individual artisans or really, really small companies and they're ethically and sustainably made. Um, so we have a selection of home goods, jewelry, apothecary items, pantry goods, paper goods, baby items. Um, yeah, we're always growing and changing and evolving. So that's a little bit about us.
0: And I love that you focus on American makers and also on small businesses. I mean, that feels so important just for maintaining just for maintaining individuality in a way.
1: Yeah, definitely. That was, it's always been really important to me. I, one, one thing that I was in the back of my mind when I did start, um, the store was trying to bring in something different, things that you don't always see on the shelves of, you know, your local department store, um, or in your friend's living rooms, how they're all sometimes decorated the same, or, um, and that was really important to me, trying to bring in new, unique items that, maybe no one has ever heard of before or seen before. Um, and then of course the aspect of supporting other small businesses is very important to me. I, I really think that there's a space for us all to succeed and, uh, we can only do it by helping others. So, um, as a, as a small business owner yourself, I'm sure you, you know, the struggles that come along with it and, um, it's really nice to kind of have that community where you can um, support each other.
0: Yes, I definitely agree with that there's it support is always welcome in the world of entrepreneurship. <laughs> and. I love that you put so much focus on selecting. So it's not only about selecting small makers, it's also about being sure that you're selecting ethical options and with a focus on sustainability. Could you talk just a little bit more about that and maybe about your vetting process for bringing in makers?
1: Yeah, of course. I, um, as someone who has a huge heart and passion for, um, the natural world and, and, you know, the, all the issues we're facing today with climate change and, um, consumerism. And it just tried to be a more ethical option. You know, people, human beings are always going to be buying items and and needing things for their homes. And, um, it's kind of always going to be a cycle. And there's, I think that it's important to to try to make it as sustainable as possible. So um, in our apothecary items, for example, um, Rain Organica is one of them and we love your products. Um, We do carry a handful of local items. And so it's nice to be able to interact with uh, the the maker in person and kind of get to know their why behind creating their product, um, where they source their items from, their, their ingredients from, Um, and we really, I'll I'll usually will try products before I buy them, or I will go by word of mouth um, from other respected businesses or makers that I have known for a while. Um, and I will just try to do a little bit of a dive into that particular product and that company and um, what ingredients they use and, um, if they share where they source them from on their website, it's always helpful. Um, so yeah, I, like you mentioned before our, you know, our, our wellness is really important to me as well as, and I think they go, it goes hand in hand with the wellness of the earth. Um, and the better we treat ourselves, the better we treat the earth. And, um, our our skin is our biggest organ. And so all of these products that we're putting on our skin daily, it's really important to me to know what's in the product and make sure it's not, there's no chemicals in it or anything like that. Um, so that's, you know, that's a little bit about how we go through for the apothecary, um, in terms of, we do carry a variety of pantry items as well. Um, and they are all vegan and plant-based and, um, really kind of some unique products like umami ketchup and uh granola butter which is you know a nut free sort of almond butter um and it's all products and food that is that is good for you it's nourishing and they're all made in the united states and from ingredients that are going to help your body and not hurt them so that's a little bit about um our kind of our sourcing practices when it comes to sustainability. So you,
0: it, just from listening to how you described it, you spend quite a bit of time and intention really looking at the backstory behind the products and really looking at at ingredients and sourcing. And that is so wonderful. And I feel like by you spending so much time with that, it. It basically makes anyone who comes into your store feel more confident in their selection and feel like they can trust what's on your shelves.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, it's, it's, it's a job I enjoy, to be honest. It's really fun kind of seeing what, what people are making and what they're creating and all these unique things. Um, and that is something that has, has always been important to me. We are pretty small store where you don't walk in and um, you know feel overwhelmed and bombarded by tons of products um, for that reason because I try to curate them as ethically as I can um, and I you know I, it's hard in, in the world today where consumerism is just coming at you from every direction um, and so I try not to be that overwhelming space uh, where people walk in and they just you know they don't know where anything's come from or um, how it was made or you know they just they don't know what to choose. So um, we do have a lot of products, but we do try to I try to curate them as as carefully as I can. And um, I'm not sure if that's a good business practice or not, but it's um, so far it's worked for us, and it's something that's also very important to me. Um, if I'm going to run a business and I'm going to run a retail business, especially. Um, it has to kind of align with, with my values personally. Um, otherwise, I, I think it's hard to, to, to find the drive to keep going some days if you don't feel like you're making a change and making a difference and doing something good. Um, so so yeah, those, those, those things are very important to me personally as well as professionally.
0: And I love what you said about you intentionally keep your collection small and not overwhelming. And I think this is so important. And as you mentioned, you run your store, how you run your life. So, and it's so important in life to do exactly the same where you're not constantly, you're not just filling up your day with activities for the sake of being busy. So this feels like a really good time to maybe transition into, more intentional living, and I, I feel like the Safari Collective supports an intentional lifestyle, so would you mind just talking about maybe some of your uh,
1: routine wellness practices? Of course, you, and you can't see me, but I'm nodding my head as you're saying all that, because it really resonates. Um, on our, our windows outside our store, we have the, the words that say find beauty in the mundane and I think that's something that um, I haven't always lived by but in the past in the recent years I have tried to um, live by more and it's really that's also what our story is about it's about kind of you know when you wake up in the morning and you make your cup of coffee and you open the cabinet and you reach for that that mug you wanted to you, you don't want to look in your cabinet and see all these mugs that overwhelm you and um, don't bring you joy. You want to kind of reach for one that is going to maybe put a smile on your face when you're drinking your coffee in the morning. So it's the little things like that, that we try to um, be a part of in someone's life, that, that candle that they light at the end of the night that kind of just calms their mind. Um, and these are things that I try to live by too. Um, like I said, I'm not I'm not always perfect at it, but there are things that, you know, when I, when I do wake up in the morning, I do try to not touch my phone for the first hour or so, and grab a cup of, um, a cup of whatever you'd like to drink. I, I love my hot lemon water in the morning and then I have my coffee, um, and sit with maybe a journal or a book and just enjoy the morning for the first hour. Um, I know not everyone's able to do that, but if you're able to do that, I think it's a really nice, um, way to ease into the day. Um, and then it's, it's little things like when you're making dinner at night, having a utensil that you're cooking with that, you know, is maybe hand carved by a local artisan. Um, and when you're cooking it with it, you just kind of feel like you were, it, it just brings a, a little bit of a different feeling to your day and that process of cooking dinner that, May otherwise seem tedious. Um, Or lighting a candle at night when you go to take a bath, or read a book in bed, or whatever it may be. Um, So yeah, those are you know those are some of the things that we hope as a business we bring into other people's lives, and we're able to to give them some of these tools that encourage that lifestyle. And they're not tools that they necessarily need to live a you know a, a conscious and present and slower lifestyle, but they're tools that can, that can help, especially in this fast paced world, make it maybe a little bit more enjoyable and a little bit easier to do.
0: And maybe a little bit easier to slow down.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I have this practice that I've, that I've, um, started only over the past year or so, probably the state of the world, probably, um, you know, kind of started this back in the beginning of COVID, but, um, putting, putting the phone away at, at night at a certain time and not taking it out, turning it off, putting it in another room and not touching it. And I just find that, um, at the beginning of COVID, I was kind of having trouble sleeping at night and wasn't being able to fall asleep and my mind wouldn't turn off. And I think so many of us feel that sometimes. And I found that this was very, very helpful um, in helping me to kind of, you know, put my mind to rest for the evening um, and slow down. And like you said before, something about you know not filling up your day with all of these things. Um, we live in a very fast-paced world, and I do, I do think that the past year where everyone kind of was forced to to stop and stay home and um, in a way, it kind of was a, a wake up call for a lot of us. And I know it was for me. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a lot to, to learn how to do. And I think it takes time. And um, it's something that we're not really conditioned um, to do in this society that we've been raised in. But I think it's really important.
0: I absolutely agree with you. And it's so funny that you mentioned not picking up your phone and making almost sacred spaces throughout your house that are phone free zones because I've adapted the same practice. Mine's a little bit more recent than yours. It was still over COVID, but it was kind of more in the late summer, early fall of last year that I started adopting that practice. It's made such a difference. To my day as well, and just to honestly, to everything because I I feel like in many ways I was becoming addicted to my phone and always having to have it on me. And I mean, I'll even leave the house on the weekends without it.
1: Right. Yeah. It's 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 a hard thing to realize how attached we are to them. Um, another thing that I recently did was, um, you know, that on the iPhones you can have the little screen time um widget on your phone and I put that on the front of my phone so that every time I reached for it or opened it up and I saw that you know three four hours screen time I was like wow I just you know I've been I've been on my phone for three hours out of my entire day and um yeah that's just it's not how I want to live my life um granted there are things that you need your phone for I do run a business and you do need to be on your phone for certain things and that's okay um But when it comes to those, those days when you're just, you know, sitting on the couch at home and you are um, trying to spend quality time with your family or your, whoever it may be, and you're sitting on your phone, there's so many other things you could be talking about. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a hard practice, you know, in the world we live in today, but I think it's necessary. I
0: couldn't agree more. So I I love that. Yeah. One of the things, I wanted to circle back around to the fact that you are in New Milford, Connecticut, because a number of my listeners, and actually the person who's the inspiration behind Leave No Trace Cleanser, she might disown me if I didn't ask about how your town influenced Gilmore Girls.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I... I um there's it's funny you say that. There's a Gilmore Girls Festival here um in, in our the area of our of our state in Connecticut um every fall. Um and the first year it happened was actually my wedding day. And oh my I, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember it was I had just opened the storefront a few months before that. And I remember looking at my phone on on the day of my wedding as I'm getting ready and I had my first ever employee working for me that weekend, and I was so nervous to make sure everything was going smoothly, and I couldn't believe how busy it was, and it was a really cold, rainy day, and it was, and I just, I I couldn't believe it, and I realized that it was all because of that festival. Um, So, yeah, it's a, it's a, our town is, it's a very, it's a pretty good-sized town, um, land-wise, but It's a very close-knit community. Uh, We have a really beautiful uh, green on the center of our town in the center of our our downtown and on the green is a bandstand or gazebo whichever you'd like to call it and um, that's kind of the landmark I believe that a lot of people are drawn to when um, after watching Gilmore Girls I know they have one on in their in their show that is very similar to ours. Um, I don't know exactly how, you know, if if our town in particular influenced any of the, the writing of Gilmore Girls. Um, I know it's, you know, supposed to take place in Connecticut. There are a few other surrounding towns where, you know, it's kind of similar to ours. But as far as I know, ours is the only one with that sort of, you know, uh, gazebo on the green there. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of, it kind of has that, that similar vibe. Um, we have a, A diner that during the festival he um every every year he kind of turns it into like luke's diner and um it's um and a lot of the shops will do certain fun gilmore girl things during that festival so i i'm not sure if it's going on this year due to COVID and everything but um, i do encourage everyone if you are a gilmore girls fan to look that up i'm not sure the exact website but i do believe it takes place in um or it does take place in our town of New Milford, Kent, and Washington, Connecticut, so you can probably just do a quick Google search and find some more information on that. When does it
0: typically happen?
1: It um, typically happens in the fall, so it is, um, yeah, it's either September or October. I'm not sure. Sometimes it changes, but yeah, it's typically in the fall. I know it obviously didn't happen um, last year, but I'm not sure about this year. And because
0: this episode will I, we're recording right now in August. However, this episode will air in after fall has anyway, after the uh, fall equinox. No. What are we coming at? Yes. Yeah. The no, you're right. <laughs> I'm like you're right. it's not the solstice, right? No, it's the equinox. No, equinox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so it will be right and this is just kind of circling back around to that connectedness with nature and just now. I've only been blessed to be in the Northeast once I was actually in New York during the fall when the leaves were changing and it was just oh, wow. absolutely gorgeous so I'm sure you guys have some of that close at hand as well.
1: We yeah we do it's. um. It's honestly, it's a beautiful area to live in any time of year. Um, if you're not a winter person, you might not, might not agree with that. We do get some pretty uh, snowy, cold winters, but um, the spring, summer, and fall are all absolutely stunning. Um, the fall, we do get a lot of fall, we call them leaf peepers, and they drop up, you know, from wherever it may be, New York City, or, you know, wherever you may not have the changing of the leaves as much, and, um, yeah, we have some really beautiful drives. It's a, Connecticut is a very, um, I think it's probably an unknown state, but it is uh, very beautiful. It's a lot of windy roads and little, and tons of trees. And so, yeah, I definitely recommend popping up to the area for the fall. Um, a lot of the downtowns in, in Connecticut will do different festivals downtown. And we're doing an apple festival. And so it's just, it's a really fun time. There's a lot of really cool things going on. You can go pumpkin picking and um, just go see the scenery. So,
0: wow, that sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great area to live in. And, and of course, New England, there's um, not just Connecticut. You can very easily drive up to Vermont in about, you know, a couple hours and you have some really beautiful, um, beautiful drives and beautiful spots to take in. Sarah, thank you so much for your
0: time today. Is there anything else you would like to
1: talk about before we wrap up here? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. And I love that you're doing a wellness series. Um, I think that it's really important, especially in today's day and age. Um, and I think the the kind of the the Uh, theme of our little wellness talk here was all about kind of slowing down and um, finding those moments in your day that are that are calm and just make you smile and just living in the present as much as as you can so I really think that's important to a lot of um, for a lot of people to do and I hope uh, that a lot of people will hopefully get you know a little bit of a a drive out of this to, to try that to put their phone away at night or to take a moment out of their day and and burn a candle and, you know, kind of just sit with it for a little bit. So, um, no, but I, I I appreciate you having me on and, um, I'm looking forward to hearing all of the other, um, wellness tips that you have in the future. (laughs) Yes, this has been great. Would you share with people how they can find you? Of course, our website, um, and we are an online store, so we do ship all across the country um is the safari collective.com you know it's a pretty long name um uh so it's the safari collective.com and then our instagram is just at the safari collective all no no punctuation or spaces or anything so um it's yeah we're, we're pretty active on instagram and then our website of course is always there okay
0: Well, thank you, Sarah, for being here today and taking time out of your day to talk with me.
1: Of course. Thank you so much, Brandy, for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Next week in the wellness series, we're having a bonus episode around an idea that is so central to many of the ancient healing systems, including traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda. This concept so permeated our world at one point that it's evident and hidden in plain sight right in the New Testament as well. Join me for that conversation on Life Force. And in two weeks, we'll wrap up our wellness series with a conversation with Crystal Volkaitis, three-time business founder on aligning your soul's desires with your world and this one goes beyond just that alignment of doing the things that you love in all that you do and also in that conversation we talk about how to live confidently in all aspects of your life and Crystal also shares tips for breaking procrastination habits. Would you be willing to leave a review on the alchemy of things? Your review helps tremendously with expanding the show's outreach. And do you know someone who may enjoy this podcast? Please take a quick second to go ahead and hit that share button and send this link over to them now. Until next time, bye.